Welcome to Hashtag Wolves in the second episode of the season. I'm your host, Noah, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will, in the Wolves Den. I think we deserve some credit. Yeah, props. Because there's currently a Vikings game going on, and our TV isn't even on. Yeah. So we're, we're locked in and focused. Saints-Vikings, I would say that our dedication to this podcast is miraculous. This is the Minneapolis miracle. <laughs> yeah, right, right here. So what we'll be covering in this episode as we're, again, not watching the Vikings game, but slaving over Just to a be hot, clear. Yeah, hot microphone over here. We got three games to cover. The Wolves go one and two on the week. Um, Monday, they played the Pacers at home. Then they went on the road against the Raptors on Wednesday and then wrapped up this week. Friday against Milwaukee at home. And then after that, we'll open it up for like a little trade talk briefly. No rabbit holes around here. Yeah, exactly. We'll put out a heat map of kind of when things get really, really spicy in the episode. Sort of our overall thoughts on the week. Also, quick cut in. I didn't mention this in the first episode. Noah has heard. I honestly haven't. I didn't see this note till now, and I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> Noah hasn't uh, has heard about this a lot, but you listeners get excited. I saw Cheryl Reeve outside. Not a, just saw. Yes. Like. Okay. Yeah. I I first saw Cheryl Reeve outside uh, a Star Is Born at a local theater. Then kind of froze up. Had to check my pulse for a little. I think bit. I actually like said like, "What are you looking at?" Or like. Because I, I I was looking at you while you saw her, and, and like I felt like you trailed off in conversation or something. Like, what what's going on? Yeah, and it's hard to, for those of you that don't know. Cheryl Reeve, head coach of the Minnesota Lynx, really like truly an idol of mine. She is an awesome, awesome coach. But it being like not a top four sport and kind of a niche like a niche there franchise. There was some explaining to do amongst our yeah, friend group yeah, as definitely. to what was going on. Yeah, WNBA coaches, even locally, aren't super recognizable, but I was like, that's Cheryl Reeve. I need to say hi. And yeah, wow, just good to be mentioned and get no, that off my chest. Nothing about Twitter? I mean, I was kind of hoping you would mention it so I wouldn't have to mention it myself. Like keep bragging? <laughs> yeah, but now that you drag it out of me, I decided, of course, to take full advantage on Twitter at Harns Michael, and I tweeted at her, saw Cheryl Reeve, and then A Star is Born. Like, that's an emotional roller coaster because what a movie. <laughs> Just what a movie. Basically left me on the wayside. And um, how did I not mention that in the first episode, Noah? Can't, I can't tell. That was before the first episode? Yeah, you've been keeping it in this long. Yeah, exactly. I I'm thought, sorry. I thought I needed to do an emergency podcast about <laughs> it, just in general. So definitely wolves related and super super applicable. Kind of sets our schedule for the week. I would say sets the mood honestly because we go into a a team win, like yes. something where we were at the game. While, what a transition! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where where we were at the game, and I think it was the first time that there wasn't. There wasn't a point in the game where I think we're going to lose. I also think that seven points doesn't really capture sort of how solid the win was. This is Monday against the Pacers. Yes. Yeah. In case you live under a rock. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and so I, I just felt like th- throughout the game, we, it was solid. It was fun to watch. Atmosphere was a little different, but we'll touch on that. Wiggins was hurt and surprisingly Josh, because I can't pronounce his last name as well I'll as I think that. I can. Yeah, you, you keep it at Josh, all right. Okay. <laughs> he, he played a gritty game, but I think it was... I do want to talk more about either Rose or Ties having more of a role in that game would have been what 9 out of 10 people would have expected. Mm-hmm. Tibbs has never seemed fond of rookies or just sort of switching it up for an experiment. Like right. if he could play Jimmy more than 48 minutes, he would. So that was, that was really surprising to me. And I, I don't know enough about his 
his college career to say like what I'd expected out of him. But I'm just surely going off of Rose and Tyus, more specifically Rose being a happy surprise and Tibbs' love for Rose. You'd think that would have translated into sort of a different setup this game. But maybe he saw something in practice and liked what he saw and went from there. So I'm, and so far people have been pretty high on him, but I don't, I haven't seen anything really, I guess, up or down. He had, he had a good energy about him. Yeah, it's he definitely, definitely looked energy. Like, um, sort of like nervous energy to him, almost like schizophrenic or something on the court. Yeah, it definitely wasn't smooth. Like his offensive game isn't super polished, but he's kind of that energy guy, which is definitely a welcome transition from Wiggins. He's obviously not the same player as Wiggins and definitely not ready, but you take someone who's kind of a large part of the offense, but maybe doesn't do the little things and he's sort of the antithesis of this. And to be clear, that. this isn't a situation where we would ever come back. Like Wiggins just comes back and he goes right back into his role, right? We would be beyond shock, shocked if that wasn't the case. Yeah. So I think it's a fun little temporary experiment. Got to pick up a win on his first start. Mm-hmm. Seems like he'll be a part of our rotation. Well, I but think, obviously I think he did it. start against Dallas. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that was, that's when I had like the, bigger, the bigger surprise of it. But yeah, obviously, I don't think he's going to get many starts if we have if we're at full capacity wise, right? More about the game. Top three of the game, I would say, were Jimmy six for twelve, Taj six for seven, and Cat six for twelve, but with fifteen boards. To me, it felt like a lot of what I sort of was a fanboy of last year, which is just these games where Jimmy's probably the best player on the court. He's our scorer. Taj is just getting it done. No one really even notices. Like what six for seven classic Taj game not gonna doesn't score for fifteen but does it in a great way, and then Cat is the the silver medal I guess of the game because mm-hmm. I felt like last year there was a little more of the Jimmy and Cat one two punch, and this and a lot of been people have been playing Cat's down time his, his not not as so much of a great season this year blaming it on Jimmy so I guess both of them to have a good game at once was nice to see yeah it's definitely been a slow start from Cat you're right on that. So it felt like a like the like a W of last year, like I said, and it was nice just to see Cat ripping boards and sort of having energy about him. Nothing about the game seemed overly difficult for the team. And I think if you're gonna be a playoff team, you need to have some wins where it's just like, we got this. Where I guess I guess I haven't gotten that sense as much this year. And you probably won't from a two and four team. So mm-hmm. I guess that was the definitely the highlight of the week, right? Yeah, I mean we got the win, but uh you kind of touched on all the pieces. Okogi, yeah, yeah. Say, I mean, say a little bit more about like the vibe. I think I was more bothered about it than you were. A little like non basketball talk. I feel like there's just been a lot of wolves changes, necessary ones, because we're now a playoff team. We need to have playoff prices and things like that. But I think in some ways they might have jumped the gun and created an atmosphere in the stadium that allows for only ten thousand people to show up on a Monday night. I don't want to like go on a soapbox, but I feel like at that point you could just sell like on a Monday night, sell tickets for five bucks mm-hmm. and just get get people in the seats. In yeah, there, right? for sure. That was my biggest takeaway. Like you said, it was a solid win, but it was sort of strange just having the target center feel sort of empty in that moment. And really, if you contrast that with some of the later games in the week that we played, like Wednesday against Toronto. I mean, they have a crazy home court. And a lot of reason to have excitement around it. But even watching the game, you do see like a full stadium. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like Toronto seems like a really fun place to play. Uh, Going into that game, they're 5-0 now at this point. It's the first season with Kawhi Leonard, and they pick up the W. That was a really good game. It was 
I feel like it was more fun than the Pacers game, but the Wolves don't get the win. They lose 112-105. Easily I, more fun to watch. Yes, definitely. I haven't watched more Kawhi as much as I should have, so I, like, I was really, really impressed with him. Yes. So just a better more enjoyable game yeah definitely and as the game was going on like the raptors jumped out to a lead we kind of watched in and out a little bit and there was a point where they pulled in really close and uh who of all people but jonas valanchunas starts dropping some really clutch threes it was like a couple corner threes if i remember right but Kawhi was kind of their star he had 35 points and there were moments where the Wolves would have him matched up on Jimmy or him matched up on maybe Josh and Kogi because Wiggins didn't get that start with like the bruised yeah. quad or contusion. Mm-hmm. And they just got him switched on to D Rose and he just made a fallaway jumper like it was nothing. The one take that I like that I heard was that he's one of probably like 10, it's obviously a spectrum, but like 10 to 15 guys this year where you just feel like you're not even trying to hold them. You're just trying to hold them under like 30 or Mm -hmm. you're just trying to sort of mitigate his success because you know, there's only so much you can really do Mm -hmm. like on any random night, like maybe cat or Jimmy can kind of like figure out a good defensive night. But I feel like with Kawhi, you're you're just, you're just sort of saying like, let's hold him under 30 and try to eke out a win offensively or something. Right. My dad and I talk about this all the time. You can't stop him you only can hope to contain him. Mm-hmm. And we only say it like when we're playing bags or pool or something <laughs> like that. But in this situation, it's real. You, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. But some, a few players to highlight on the Wolves side, Butler at 23. So kind of speaks to what you said on the Pacers. He's been really the only solid guy for us when he's out there. Uh, Okogi went 4 of 14. So he brought energy when Wiggins wasn't starting, but you know, he's just not polished as a shooter yet, and his offensive game isn't really smooth. And then Towns, 5 of 16, he seemed disengaged. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I saw, like, what, you'll have a 5 of 16 night where you were engaged, especially if you're, like, an outside shooter or something, shots just not falling. But you're a post player, so I feel like I, I feel like you can translate, feel that effort is more a part of a recipe mm-hmm. for success, for or the absence of it, for Towns to go 5 of 16, right? Yeah. Like, I, and they're just, he didn't even seem to enjoy himself. Like, yeah. I think there's always like Timberwolves Reddit, like over the top takes. Like, does Town, Towns even like basketball? Like, right. I'm sure he does, but I think his energy wavers on certain nights. And and I'm sure this Jimmy thing has gotten to him to some degree, but it, it's just honestly like annoying yeah. to have your second best player on a big game where we had a chance. What, lose by seven? Yeah, Town and it was hits close. Two twos and a three. Yeah, if he's just more engaged on the stretch, hits a couple more of those shots, that's big. I do want to close it on kind of a high note, though. The Raptors let go of Dwayne Casey, and now they're 5-0, and like I said, under Nick Nurse. Shout out to all the male nurses out there. He's getting it done. Really respect that. Progressive Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Good luck to him down the, down the road, especially since they're in the East. And it is worth noting, we beat the Pacers by 7, and then Toronto beat us by 7. But they feel like two entirely different games like the, yes. the gaps between the teams because mm-hmm. the seven point one against the pacers like i said over and over again was solid and pretty rhythmic where toronto like i felt that we were lucky that we ended up down by seven at the end because i felt like they had they had captured the win yeah. pretty much by the second half yeah right? they looked better than us they really did mm-hmm. so then looking ahead to the bucks game on friday noah you kind of have to <laughs> weather this one. i was uh assigned with this game um to my dismay but 
just a colossal L, as you put here. <laughs> I, it's a pretty pretty apt way of saying it, I think. We just got destroyed. I, like, it, it's so hard to even have a take on it or anything, because just when nine of your guys get like lose every one of their mismatches, you, there's just not like a silver lining to discuss or other nuanced things, I guess. Yeah, it's and especially like the Bucks are supposed to be good. Like they're off to a really good start and it was going to be kind of a measuring stick. I would think like, oh, the Wolves get to play the Bucks at home early in the season against Giannis. Like you said that the Bucks were favored by two. two. Yeah. And I thought, so, wow, we got a great game ahead of us and then just nothing. Mm hmm. When it's a two-point line, it's like like a 60% Bucks chance and what they won by about 30. I just marked down Colossal oh, yeah. so sorry. Yeah, I didn't know that it better, that better captures it anyway. Um, sort of an interesting stat is that f- five people on each team got 11, between 11 and 16 points. And I think what might come of that is that we didn't really get beat by one person. Or there wasn't like one silver line. Like you think in a game where you lose by thirty, right? Or so Giannis is gonna go off, right? Somebody, right? Or so- someone's just gonna dominate us, or that someone on our team is just gonna blow it. Like Jimmy's gonna score nine or something and have that one game of the year. But really, it was just a game where every player on the court outplayed us. <laughs> yeah. So you said five guys in double figures for each team. Yeah. And then, so great and, and offensive no balance. On either team had twenty though. I think. When you see Giannis, Butler, and Towns, you'd bet all day that one or more of them would get 20. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point, Noah. I agree that the Wolves had great balanced offense and that we contained all of their players. And to be quite clear, <laughs> while I was coming up with said take, I was focusing on that the Bucks had five men with 11 to 16 points, and then I looked, and then the Timberwolves also had it. So, you know, sometimes in journalism, you just kind of spin things and well you just stumble across these stats as you're working so hard and just grinding you come up with all all kinds of things so great work by you well thank you <laughs> any other thoughts on the bucks game it was bad it was really bad i like we obviously both of us are quite at a loss for words just given the situation but what when vegas had us predict going one and two in this week but i don't i don't feel like we i feel like we had a worse week well objectively did than what Vegas had going on for us, right? I think if we're going to be a playoff team this year, you, I, I feel like we would beat the Pacers like we did, lose to the Raptors probably like we did, mm-hmm. and then have a competitive game with the Bucks. Yep. So I think that was where we like, just almost finished out the week. And so I think going into next week and just looking back on the season as a whole, I think there needs just to be an, an element of consistency on everyone besides jimmy jimmy's like jimmy's done his job Mm -hmm. obviously there's all the drama and stuff around it but on a statistical basis like he is far and away the best player on our team yeah i don't i can't really recall expecting that like what you think like it was always towns and butler right Mm -hmm. and then have a core group of guys behind that and it's just not been the case yeah i kind of thought carl would come out of the gate a little bit hotter but definitely jimmy Jimmy has started better, and like you said, now you look up and the Wolves are 2-4. and four. It's kind of, don't panic yet, but you're going to need, once we start playing some bottom-tier teams of the East and West, show that these games that we lost, like, by 30 against the Bucs, that those are a fluke, and the competitive games against Toronto, the solid wins against Indiana, that's the norm. Yes, like, we shouldn't be overly impressed with the Indiana, and obviously shouldn't be 
impressed with the Toronto game, I guess. It, it was an ex- like, what I expected. Um, but I, I'm almost excited to play like a crappy East Coast team right now. Yes. Because I just want to see that we have the ability to win by 20, right? Yeah, I'm exhausted. Like, <laughs> I need I need just kind of a comfortable win here. Whenever we're watching the games, it's like, oh, here go the Timberwolves kind of letting a lead and slide. by seven was the first time that I even felt like comfortable at a game. Yes. Which, yeah. yeah, definitely. So it seems like we're kind of on the same page as the one and two feels. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to get our wish for that easy Eastern Conference win this week. Yeah. Because right? Lakers Monday, Utah Wednesday, and Warriors Friday. I don't know if you want to preview each of those and then yeah, go we into can, the team as a whole i guess yeah we can jump in just like a couple things to note as we look ahead to the schedule we don't do a ton of preview stuff but these are three really good teams in the west you could make the argument that these are gonna be the top three teams yeah lakers jazz and the warriors and we should note that the utah game is on wednesday which is halloween with the so, absence of carlos boozer yes <laughs> no i should ask what are you going as for Halloween? Because I'm going to be a $16.5 million check down a drain and go as Gorgie Jang. I'm going to wear my Pekovic jersey, so it's basically the same thing. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if he's still on the books or not. But that's going to be a really tough week. Yeah, I think a couple of takes I saw about the Lakers on Monday is that we can really go after the big guys or the absence of their big guys. Yep. JaVale's been playing well, but, I mean, we have Cat. Like, he's supposed to be better than JaVale McGee. Right. I wouldn't take that one-for-one one trade. Um, so I think we can go down low and just sort of beat up down there. But I also think, obviously, again, as we talked about Giannis and probably Kawhi, it's just we're playing another player where you're just sort of mitigating him. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. There's going to be so much around who guards LeBron, how well, how we're going to handle that, I guess, right? Well, yeah, you you noted that you can kind of bunch together Kawhi, Giannis, LeBron, and then I also would think Durant on Friday as sort of these lanky unicorns. It'll be interesting to see, do the Wolves, as like we're out of this stretch of games, do the Wolves do this by committee? Do they throw Jimmy on them? What's kind of the plan? I mean, you can't really plan for really, really great players like this, but you need to have some scheme because we might be facing one of these teams in the playoffs you can't just go it needs to be like a bullet point right yeah like on the whiteboard in the locker room it mm-hmm. needs needs to come up with the plan yeah and I for sure you go to jimmy because he's like your one sort of defensive guy in these elements but mm-hmm. i don't i don't know like if that's who will have guard him i don't it'd i think be interesting to see i think taj could check lebron for a little bit like you don't i mean you don't Playoff. want that to be <laughs> you don't want that to be the one scenario that you do but you probably throw a lot of guys on them, and if they go small, who knows? Who knows? As as soon as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about LeBron dribbling Taj out past the three-point line, but still. And I know the big thing this year has been switch, switching on screens, and so mm-hmm. I'm just nervous that Taj gets screened and Tyus switches on to him and LeBron dunks on his face. I mean, it'll happen, <laughs> but you just got can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. I um, think Tyus just goes to bed, like, prays for, like, plus-minus two dunks like on that's, top of it. that's what i would do um so we kind of we talked about the unicorns i was hoping a little bit of a tangent into our own sort of unicorn josh Akogi. yeah i i think so far it's it's been like what you'd expect i i have low expectations and not a lot of them like four rookies mm-hmm. so i guess i don't i'm just more surprised my big headline is that he's 
playing right right so that that to me i guess is my more of my my take but i don't know if you have any well i actually i've been pretty impressed with him you're a part of the tib system so you don't expect a lot out of rookies but i am surprised he was in the rotation too obviously it was because of injury jimmy not playing against dallas then andrew being out for parts of this week i think tibbs will probably snap his rotation back into place when wiggins comes back but he's brought energy he hasn't been shooting the ball super well. But 31%. Yeah, so <laughs> echo that point that he's not been shooting the ball super well, but it's good to see that he can kind of belong out there. And to, to, to break away from the stats, like his energy, I feel like, is there. It mm-hmm. sort of reminds me of Rose in the same way that like even if Rose doesn't play defense, you feel like he's trying. Yeah, but he's fast. <laughs> like, there's just some sort of like buzz mm-hmm. about him. It, it is exciting to see like Tibbs play a rookie and just to see that like I guess young energy out there. Yeah, like he played fine against the Pacers. If you want to see more, there's a YouTube video out there. Josh Okoge full highlights 10-22-2018 against the Pacers where he scored 12 points and had four <laughs> rebounds. So if you want to see the full highlights His mom from that is just game, pumping up those YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, this is the reason that there are more YouTube videos and like the whole country could watch in their lifetime. But it's out there if you want to check it out. I'm no loyalist yet, so I might wait a bit, but I'll pocket that one away. Yeah, we'll wait to see if he has 15 points before we start watching the full highlights videos. But it's just been an interesting, surprising part of the first part of the season, and hopefully he gets more, he like cracks the rotation. And to go along with like the field goal percentage, I think the amount of shots he's been taking. So in Indiana, Toronto, and Milwaukee was 13, 14, and 10 shots. That's more than Tyus Mm -hmm. ever gets in a game. It'll be interesting to see what his role becomes like. Does he tone it down as he realizes that he might need to be much more of a, a role player, I guess? Yeah, for sure. Or does he keep up with it? But Yeah, but they'll Tibbs' master rotations will kind of tune that down and get that all figured out. <laughs> In Tibbs, we trust. Yes, exactly. Speaking of which, Noah, any thoughts on the four-for-one Rockets yeah, Now offer? it's Tibbs' second job. Well, or no longer second job, because I think Glenn Taylor's taken over for that. Yes. But let's, let's talk about the it's offer. It's a coup. Yeah, Rockets offer four first-round picks to the Timberwolves. Yes, and there's a sneaky thing, and why this could be like a, a PR stunt, I've heard, just to get the trade talks going or just to get things out there. Will and I aren't as woke as we should be to all GM things we're woken on it though yes <laughs> happy for you <laughs> yeah just awful sorry <laughs> i had a dad joke all four could be lottery protected and to what we understand this meaning is that like they could turn in through various methods if these picks work their way into a lottery like the rockets have a bad year a lot of these picks could start turning into second round picks or just not material materialize so there's a little more risk involved and it becomes a little more of a like a dud of a trade mm-hmm. butler for f- four first rounders in an objective like clear-cut sense i don't think is the worst thing ever it sounds flashy they do have to come every other year regardless of how much we know about these other things so it'd be, it'd be year one three five and seven at the quickest so i think it'd be sort of a bid to sort of keep us as a playoff team yep i don't think it's a a go for broke kind of move well and part of the I think part of it that's so nuanced is you also have to think about will Tibbs accept this, even if he's in the role or not, it's kind of confusing. Like, will Tibbs accept this as a win now guy or does he want a player in return? And there's money involved too. So 
when you first texted me this, I was like four first rounders to get him out of town. Sign me Let's up. go. Yeah. But now it's like, well, they're probably second rounders and Brandon Knight and like, yeah. And they have to move bad. like 15 million of salary or something. So it's just going to, it could before you, the worst case scenario is four second rounders and two bench players. Right. <laughs> right. But I think actually best case scenario, flip it on you a little bit, um, is it just creates more trade buzz for like LA and Miami because I think at this point in the season, it's sort of now or wait until trade. But we deadline. also have to give out the impression that we're willing to even go th- like to entertain these talks because I feel like if, he, if Tibbs' steel curtain stays the way it is, I don't think much more is going to get done. There is kind of a tinfoil hat conspiracy that Tibbs did all this to like drum re- up interest, drum up like hype and get these trade talks going mm-hmm. while also having Jimmy for some of the year and, right. and I guess get to test it out yeah see if he comes around or see if he's just that much of a factor that we're willing to rent him for a year mm-hmm. yeah it's it's all up in the air and obviously we don't have enough locker room exposure just yet yes to, on it. to get like around all of this but as a secondhand like source like hey what do you think <laughs> yeah i think there's just there's a lot out there but it is exciting to see that there's at least an offer on the table i don't think I thought this was just going to be more of a closer to the trade deadline. Here's three decent guys or something. Yeah, keep your eyes on Walsh. I wouldn't be surprised if like Miami comes through with an offer. Because I do think if it doesn't happen soon, there will be kind of a hiring freeze until the trade deadline. Teams start to settle into their stuff. Mm-hmm. And overall, it's just been nice that this drama has died down. I think Jimmy kind of not got what he wanted, but he got the attention what he wanted and got the ball moving on eventually what he wants. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's... At least there's not much more to talk about, I guess, in that respect. Obviously, there may be some beef in the locker room or other things like that, but it seems to not have the effect that we thought it might. Not quite the same cloud. Towns is sort of the remaining, I guess, headline from that is is like how much is his game affected by when Jimmy's on the court or just the locker room. Which isn't a big deal because it's not like he's our franchise cornerstone. No, no, no. It's great that him and Tyus are best friends. And yeah, not yeah, absolutely. But I agree. Some of the some of the cloud's going to die down, and even more so. Well, so, Noah, you going into best player on the team, Butler, or I was more talking about second best player of the team. Ah, gotcha. I hope you were joking. So Butler's been our best player of the team easily. I there's just not even a discussion I'm going to have around that. I think a lot like a interesting thing to ask basically it's just who's our second best player this year from a purely boring analytical stats perspective it goes in order of butler gibson gorgie tolliver towns and rose this is by vorp yep uh, actually box plus minus for those who have significant minutes okay gotcha um and so i don't think anyone would have guessed i mean it's hard to guess those six especially in order this year but just even those six that that list right there I Tolliver, think who knew? I think it's worth emphasizing, like, after Butler, Gibson, Gorgie, Anthony Tolliver, Towns, and then Rose. Yeah, like, Towns, being, all over Towns the place. being fifth, Rose sneaking up as sixth, and then Tolliver being in the damn thing is just a lot to take in. And just the scale that how easily it is to identify Jimmy as being our best player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the best offensive box plus minus and defensive box plus minus. Like, he's just our best player mm-hmm. i think last time last year there was advanced and eye test things where you could say towns over butler especially this game or this week the player of the week every week has been jimmy <laughs> yeah and that's surprising because i feel like i've seen teague play well but i know he's not a great defender 
and there's there's energy and then there's yeah. good things to talk about i get that but just from a purely like who's hitting shots who's doing well who's playing efficient I, there's no argument there but yeah there's been silver linings and rows and there's been headlines and things like that mm-hmm. but it's just going to be interesting if jimmy gets traded and we get only a couple normal dudes this year yeah what's what's that look like josh richardson where are you at like are we a top 10 Western conference team then, but that can be for, <laughs> we will figure time. that out over the course of the season. Most we'll get likely. you that answer. Yeah, definitely. But it's, it's a good point and it's probably something to keep an eye on. Like who else on the wolves is performing? Will Anthony Tolliver climb up the we ranks? Just, we need somebody like yes. every team has a guy that you lean on. And if we took away Butler right now, I don't, I just, it's just a hodgepodge of basketball players. Yeah, I definitely agree. Something to keep an eye on going forward. So well with that, how? How? 